Good morning, New Hope, wherever you are joining us from, man. Welcome to TNT. We're on the first tee. It's Tuesday. Uh, we are glad you are with us this morning. I was just uh, online checking on uh, who's jumping in, who's who's with us already this morning. Facebook, I see Rosie Flores out there, Louise Murray, uh, Arthur jumping in from the Philippines. Man, so glad you're with us. See you out there on a regular basis. Uh, such an encouragement to us uh, when, when we see people jumping online from all over the place uh, locally and then around the world as well. Well, uh, you two, welcome Christy Horner, Albert, Alicia De Leon. I uh, love seeing you guys on there. Jonathan Frost, glad to see you on there, man. You and your awesome family. Um, we are just ecstatic that y'all are here today. Hey, I, if you were with us over the weekend, if you've been paying attention to the social media feeds, all that kind of stuff, if, uh, if you have, then you already know what I'm about to tell you. If you haven't, Hey, we're coming back. We are coming back. Uh, we've, we've watched the COVID curve. It's doing the right stuff. It's going the right direction. Keep being smart. But our plan is to be back in person for services on September 13th, 945 and 1115 at all four of our campuses. And we are ecstatic for what that first weekend looks like and then where we go forward from there. Um, we are, we're, man, we just can't wait for that to happen. There is, there, this, these, Times online have been invaluable to us. Uh, we know they've been a great encouragement to so many people, but man, there's something about seeing smiling faces and being in a room and worshiping next to people and uh, hearing the word together, man, we're looking forward to that. So September 13th, 945 and 1115, we're gonna have student ministry open. We're gonna have uh, kids ministry open. There's gonna be social distancing involved. Uh, we're gonna ask you to wear a mask on the way in, the way out at least. And if you can wear it the entire time, uh, the more the merrier. Uh, but we are September 13th and we're gonna be back in these campuses. So we're going to get there in a few weeks. Today, we got to get into the word. I want to give you some encouragement out of the book of Isaiah this morning. So grab, grab your Bible, uh, grab your, your water that has been run through coffee grounds and uh, let's get going. As we get going, as you're getting your stuff together, if you don't have it, uh, have your Bible and your coffee and all that kind of stuff going, uh, go ahead and grab that. If you do, let me encourage you to do something for me this morning. Jump into the chat box. For a lot of people in this area, the last several days have been the first day of school, whether it was yesterday, or this morning or, or even last week a little bit. Uh, get in the chat box this morning. Let our teachers, let the faculty, even let the students and the parents know just how much you're praying for them, how much you love them. Man, we got some of the most incredible teachers, faculty that, that attend all of our campuses. And man, we're so thankful for what you're doing uh, as we continue this process moving forward in the coronavirus season right now. We love you guys and we're praying for them. We're praying for strength and we're praying for grace. These two opposite things today. Uh, they're two kind of, uh, two things we can hold on to, the strength of God and the graces that we extend to other people um, for what it's worth to you, my kids started yesterday morning and it was, um, <clears throat> uh, it was interesting. Let me just leave it at that. It was interesting. Uh, there was a lot of scrambling around and I know there were some technology issues at my house and there probably were at your house when you, when your kids started as well. So, uh, as parents, Hey, extend grace to your kids and we're praying strength for you as well as you're homeschooling or, or having your kids at home at school. And, and then take it one step further this morning, if you would. If you, if you know a, te a, a faculty member, if you know a teacher, uh, if you know a parent, um, shoot them a quick text today and let them know you prayed for them this morning. Uh, there's just nothing like your phone uh, buzzing and looking at it and, and somebody saying, hey, I prayed for you. I'm praying for your school year. I'm praying that God would use you. I'm praying that uh, he would go in front of you. I'm praying he'd give you opportunities and appointments with 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 parents and with, with students, uh, just reach out to them, man. Take that one extra step this morning and just let them know you're praying for them and you love them. 
Uh, well, all that being said, man, this past weekend was so great. Pastor Carl, uh, thank you so much for the word you shared with us on the difference between uh, arrogance and godly confidence and humility and, and the, just kind of where all of those things intersect. Uh, as, as I was listening to him on Sunday and, and getting ready for this morning, I thought, you know, one of the one of the greatest expressions that we have of confidence in our God is our ability to wait on him for an answer. So we're going to get into Isaiah chapter 40 this morning and talk about waiting on God. Um, the ability to wait on God for an answer rather than try to make it happen out of our own human hands. Uh, so I'm going to speak to you as much today as a father as anything. Uh, I have felt like over the last several weeks uh, that I have two different worlds that have started colliding in upon themselves. Uh, so there was this kind of the pre-corona world where I had a pretty good feel for what was going on and what was happening and all of that. And then the coronavirus happened in March, you know, early part of March, things began to shut down. And it seemed like in a matter of uh, 72 hours in the Houston area, it went from everything's full go and there's no way they're going to cancel the rodeo to everybody go in your house, close the door, lock it, and don't come out again until we tell you to come out again. It felt like that happened uh, in, in just a very short period of time. And so then we started making that transition to what a what living and, and leading and loving Christ and, and, and serving our family, what that looked like in the Corona world. And so I've kind of made that transition. I think most of us have made that transition to what that looks like. Uh, I know a lot of our frontline medical staff and first responders, there was a transition period there, but now you guys have figured out incredible ways to live inside the Corona world and continue to serve the community. Uh, but now in the last week or two, maybe three, it started feeling like the pre-Corona slash post-Corona world starting to happen Again, like we're starting to go back to school and we're looking at in-person services and uh, businesses are starting to relax some, uh, some of the regulations and restrictions. So now we're moving back into uh, a more normal or a previously more normal world. But at the same time, we're doing all of the, uh, a lot of the restrictions that we have in the corona world. So I feel like I've got like two or three sometimes, sometimes five or six worlds colliding in upon me. Uh, and I'm trying to manage all of them at the same time. And it feels what, what that elicits in me is this desire to run endlessly to try to stay ahead of, of the learning curve and these two worlds trying to merge together and to fix problems and to solve things. Um, I will tell you, as, 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 again, as a dad, from last Friday until I went to bed last night, from my kids' schools, I received almost 60 different emails. I received seven text messages, three phone calls, and three additional voicemails in addition to the phone calls that I answered, trying to get us the information so that our kids can succeed in school this year. That's a ton of information, all of it useful. You gotta pick through it, figure it out. But when you've got all, when I have all this information coming at me and all these changes and, and a lot of unknowns, I have, I have a tendency to begin to run endlessly, whether it's to run from email to email or problem to problem, or dad, I can't connect to this website, or dad, the it's learning is down right now, or dad, this isn't happening. And I feel like I've got these worlds coming together and I'm running and running and running and trying to solve the problems that, that, that exist inside of this world. And, and now, now, thankfully, we only have one of the two hurricanes in the Gulf Coast that, that could potentially impact us, as, as if all of these worlds colliding wasn't enough. Now, uh, you know, we've got a hurricane bearing down us, and I know we're getting ready for that. Uh, and we're, we will, at the end of it, we'll pray for the people east of us, Louisiana and the Gulf Coast, that are struggling with the early, uh, the early rains from Marcos and, or from Marco, and then Laura's coming along behind. Man, there's, there's just in me, it elicits this need to run and run and run and run and run. And it's in these times when, when 
when that's my natural tendency is to run and run and run, that I've got to remember that we serve a God who in one of his hands holds the oceans and in the other one, he measures the heavens. He's got, he's got oceans and he's got the heavens and God has this under control. Um, and when we wait on him, he will renew us. So with that being said, let's, let's jump into Isaiah chapter 40 this morning. Uh, we're going to start in verse 25. We're going to read a, f- a few verses, kind of uh, give a few thoughts on them, and then go right back into the next couple of verses. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25 says, says it like this. To whom then will you liken me, that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created the stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. So here's this almost uh, uh, God stating his credentials. Who is like me? Who could ever do what I have done? Um, I have all of this under control. I call the stars out by name and not a single one of them is missing. Man, that gives me confidence in him because he's got the whole mess figured out. I don't. Man, I don't. You don't. And I'm, I just want to give you permission this morning to say to yourself and to the people around you, man, I have no idea. I have no idea how this is going to play out. I don't know, have any idea how it's going to work with kids back in school. I don't know what this hurricane looks like. I don't know. But my trust and my confidence is in the God who holds the oceans and the heavens. My confidence is in the God who says, I call out every single star by name and not one of them is missing. And not only do I call them out, I created them. I mean, that's, that's the God that we serve. That's the confidence that we can have in, in him, knowing that when we don't have it, man, God absolutely has it. That's the confidence we can have. Picking up with me, if you would, in verse 27. Um, recognize that Jacob and Israel are, are uh, similar names or the same name for the people of Israel that God is talking to here. He says, why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. You ever felt like that? My way is hidden from the Lord. My way is hidden from the Lord and the justice do me escapes the notice of my God. Do you not know? And have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. And his understanding is inscrutable. Uh, The New American uses that word inscrutable. Uh, Other translations say something like it's unfathomable or it cannot be understood. So like Israel's, there's times that, man, we we complain. Has anybody ever complained? Sometimes I complain. I'm going to be honest with you. If no one else joining us this morning regularly complains. I will take that mantle on for you. I complain sometimes. I don't like the way that things are working out. I don't like the timing of God. I don't feel like this is the right direction, or I don't like the way that this thing is going. Sometimes I complain, and I complain primarily because I, I forget that all of my ways are seen and managed and led by God. Because when I try to lead myself and when I try to figure it out on my own, those are my solutions are really not that good. God's solutions are supernatural and they're really good. And he says, why are you complaining? Do do you think your way is hidden from God? Don't you know that he sees you, that he realizes what we're going through? Listen, I I went to bed last night watching um, 
voluntary evacuation orders be be issued for a good chunk of the area uh, around Houston, Galveston area, and then moving east from there, Seabrook. I saw some over in that area. Some of you are in that area. In your way, your your actions, where you are, the situation you're in right now, God sees it. It's not hidden from him. He knows exactly what you're going through. And I love where Isaiah turns this in, uh, in verse 27 and 28 when he says, do you not know that, that, that this is God? And even when you are complaining and you feel like he doesn't see you and justice isn't coming your way, he doesn't say God knows everything. He starts with God never gets tired. He never runs out of energy working on our behalf, working on behalf of his creation to make it great for us. He never gets tired. And then it says, and his wisdom is more than could ever be explained. Or it's inscrutable. It's, it's, it's unfathomable. Um, I had a, a professor in college uh, who was teaching a theology class that I was taking as a freshman. And uh, if you've ever been a freshman, 18-year-old in college, you think you know as much, if not more, than the professor that's teaching the class. Uh, and if you've ever said something like this, this professor doesn't know what's going on, or this teacher maybe uh, doesn't have any idea, or they don't really understand, you, you've, you've probably been, I can't be the only one that's been there. I, so I remember sitting in that class, and, and he would throw out like a question simply for the sake of an argument uh, among the people in the class. And there'd be this chatter back and forth and people would be making these very bold and sometimes on the border of arrogance, sometimes over the border of arrogance statements about what they thought that passage meant and how it applied to today and, and all this stuff. And, and I, I began to realize that he would do this to a group of freshmen, mostly freshmen, a few sophomores, and then he would kind of let us burn all of our energy out discussing it. And then he would say, well, let me explain to you what that passage really means. Now, I learned throughout the semester that, that this, this guy who, who I still revere to this day, his name was Dr. Gene Pickard, incredible teacher of the scriptures, uh, incredible man of God. He would wake up in the morning and he would do his devotions in the original Greek and Hebrew, depending on what part of scripture he was working in. So, so when the Greek Hebrew scholar would stop the class and say, can I explain to you what that passage really means? Like, it didn't take me long to understand that his wisdom was way, way outpacing my own. And I still would fight against it sometimes. Like, I don't think that's what that passage really means. But when I, when I read this part uh, of scripture where it says his understanding is inscrutable, I realized how far I was from Dr. Pickard's understanding and how far Dr. Pickard's understanding was from God's understanding. I am multiple generations away from being able to understand God. But I can trust and have confidence in a God who understands so much more than I could ever understand. So when Dr. Pickard would say what that passage really means, I learned to listen and trust what he said over either what I'd been taught or what I understood from the passage. And let me encourage you this morning. When God begins to speak into your life and say, I see what you're going through and I am with you, Learn to trust and understand that. The oceans and the heaven. The oceans and the heavens, man. So much greater than we could ever grasp, than we could ever understand. So picking it back up then with me in verse 29. He, being God, he gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. I'm going to 
put the, call, the comma there because we're going to pick that up in, in just a minute. But God's painting this picture here of your young men, your young men stumble and fall. Your, your young people become tired. The strongest, the fittest among us, when we engage in this endless pursuit to be God, to fix the answers, to, to find the answers, to fix the problems, to figure out what's going to come next, to understand what tomorrow's going to bring, to understand what a week from, when we engage in this constant running, running, running from problem to problem, the strongest and the fittest among us become weary. So if you're weary, if you're tired, if you're tired of f- trying to find answers that seem to be uh, shifting sands at best, guess what? You're in great company. God knew you would be here. He knew that you'd be tired trying to be what he is, what he alone is able to be. If you're tired today, it's okay to be tired too. It's okay to be weary. If you're stumbled, it's okay to stumble. God knew it. And he says, he will renew you. And so this is where we want to pick it up in verse 31 and kind of, uh, spend a few moments talking through verse 31 this morning. Uh, verse, verse 31 starts with one of my favorite words in all of scripture. It's a little three letter word. Doesn't really mean much by itself, but when we lay it in the context of where it is in scripture, it means everything. But those who wait for the Lord, I love the word, but it's, it's kind of that transition. It's, it's, it's all of this is who we are, but God, or all of this is how we act, but when we follow God, or all of this is what's wrong, but when God makes it right again, but is the transition word that takes us from running endlessly, becoming tired, becoming weary, trying to figure out everything, but, but those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not become faint. I have to think that a good chunk of my weariness in this season is because I'm running to be God. I'm trying so hard to fix all the problems my kids will face and all the problems of the, the, my neighbors and all the problems inside of my own family and running to understand and be able to, to tell someone, here's what's coming and here's what the next step is, is going to be. That I spend so much time chasing answers that I don't take the, the time that I need to wait for the Lord. And it's easy to do. It's easy to do when we think that God doesn't see our problems or that he's not addressing them quickly enough. But remember, the oceans and the heavens, man, he's got all of it. He sees it and his timing is incredible. But those who wait and, and, you know, waiting is not sitting by a window, just idly hoping something drops out of the sky and some solution comes to you. It's praying. It's, it's believing that the God that holds the oceans and the heavens sees where you are. It's choosing what thoughts you allow into your mind and rejecting the ones that take you in the wrong directions. Uh, Pastor Tim talks about uh, the air traffic controller and you get to decide, you don't get to decide what airplanes, what thoughts are flying around, but you get to decide which ones land. Believe in the God that holds the oceans and the heavens, choosing what thoughts you allow into your mind. And when we do that, we give him space to renew our strength. When we wait upon the Lord, He will renew your strength. We can wait knowing that God is in control. We can wait knowing that he sees us. We can wait knowing that he loves us. We can wait knowing that, I don't know if God has bad ideas, but you're going to get this anyway. 
knowing that God's worst idea is so much better than our best idea, we can wait waiting for him for the God idea to come into our life and the God move to come into our life. We can wait. And when we wait, we give him space to renew us. And then we can rise up on the wings of eagles. So those, those of you that are weary in this season, you're weary of, uh, of who knows what. I mean, we could, we could talk about weariness from hurricanes and coronaviruses. And, and I read the other day there's an asteroid coming to destroy the world just before Election Day. And you're weary of trying to figure out life. And you're, trying to weary, you're weary of trying to lead a family. And you're weary of all of those things. Wait. Give him space to renew your strength. Listen, if, if it's not solved today, just wait. You have permission to wait. You have permission to wait and trust God. When it feels like, when it seems like, when it sounds like God is silent, wait and listen some more. When you're tired, wait and you will be renewed. Just wait. 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 It's a, man, it's a great one word prayer, isn't it? When you're anxious, when you're nervous, when you're exhausted, when you're weary, when you're out of who you are, you can't figure it out anymore. Stop in what you're doing and give God space by just going, wait, wait wait. So everything in your life looks like it's going to overcome and defeat you until the moment that God steps in and it doesn't defeat you. Anxiety always looks like it's going to win until it doesn't. Uh, fear always looks like it's going to win until it doesn't. Um, all of those things that would come and, and make us unsettled as followers of Christ look like they're going to win until the very moment that we give God space because we wait and he steps in and what was just about to defeat you doesn't even come close to defeating you. As a follower of God, you have permission to wait. You don't have to have the answers. You have permission to say, I don't know. You have permission to say, I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know who, I don't know where, and I don't know why, but I will wait upon the Lord and he will renew my strength and I will mount up. Then I can run and not become weary. I can walk and not become faint. You have permission to wait upon the Lord. So I want to pray for you all this morning. I know, like I said, some of you are under voluntary evacuation orders. Um, <clears throat> we've, got, we've got Americans on the West Coast that are fighting forest fires. We've got Americans along the Gulf Coast that are staring down hurricanes. We have people all over the country that are trying to reintegrate schools and figure out what coronavirus does or doesn't look like in the school setting. Um, we've got parents. Some of you are dealing with working and kids being at home at school and trying to figure out what that looks like and how you can best help your kids succeed. Man, there is a lot of reasons to be running endlessly. I just want to pray with you this morning. And part of my prayer, I'm just going to be quiet for a few seconds. I want to create space to wait. And when you're waiting, trust and listen and see if God doesn't renew your strength. Let's pray. Father, thank you um, that you see us, that we're not unseen in these moments, that what we're going through is not an unknown situation to you. Thank you that you know exactly how this is going to go. <laughs> that Lord, you don't need our solutions as much as I love to give them to you. Tell you what I think and when I think and how I think you should do it. You don't need us, God. You, you don't need our, our solutions. You already have the answers written in eternity. And so, Lord, today I wait. Today I wait, God. 
from my brothers and sisters who are watching today from all over the, the country and some around the world. Lord, teach us to wait. And when we wait, build our trust, build our faith in you. When we wait, will you speak to the very core problems that we're facing? And when we wait, will you just let us know how you are with us and that you are with us in these moments? When we wait upon you, Lord, we renew our strength. And God, that's what we need today. But if you don't bring it to us today, Lord, we'll wait. If you don't speak to us today, Lord, we'll wait. If you don't solve the problem today, Lord, we'll wait. And when we wait upon you, our strength will be renewed. Lord, we love you, and we're so thankful that you see us, and you know us, and you're with us, and you're for us. Lord, walk with us today as we go in and out of our lives, waiting upon the Lord, who will renew our strength. In your name we pray. Amen. Listen, as I said at the beginning, we're coming back. We cannot wait to be on campus with you guys again. If you're comfortable, if, you, if, if it's the right move for you, we'd love to see you on September 13th, 945 and 1115. Online this weekend, uh, 945, uh, we'd love to see you then too. Walk through the day with that simple one-word prayer on your lips, wait. When you get anxious, when you get nervous, when you get uh, restless, uh, when you feel like you got to solve it, Lord, help me wait. Let me create space and let God do what he does. Uh, love you guys this morning. So, so glad you joined us. Uh, thanks for being encouraged. Remember, reach out to those teachers, reach out to those staff, the faculty, the students, the parents. Text them today. Let them know that you love them, you prayed for them, and you're going to continue to do so. All right, New Hope, go have a great Tuesday. Love you guys.